Hello and welcome to the Maidcast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. While life in the time of COVID has forced us to close our doors, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Chin. I'm Miles. And I'm Red. This week, we have an interview with one of the maid's oldest volunteers, Mr. Sean Barber Crane. Uh, he has helped uh, get this museum up and running since before since before it was an official idea. Um, he's been our what a, a steady man on the street, championing the museum and getting the word out. He is a supremely valued member of the team, and we're very excited to have him on and get him to talk about the museum with us. But before we get into this interview, we have a little bit of news. There's some big stuff going on, just a little bit big. First and foremost, E3 has officially been canceled for 2022, both physical and digital. Uh, They're looking to go for a new, exciting 2023 relaunch in person and digital event. So once we have more word about the reinvigorated showcase for 2023 we'll give you more updates as they come into the rest of the world it's weird is this did they do it in 2020 and 2021 because i feel like there was some kind of event 2020 was canceled 2021 was a digital only event that's right when they announced they canceled the in-person event for 2021 that was back in like January. Mm-hmm. So this year announcing it in April, canceling the event entirely seems a bit late, but maybe it'll be better for the rest of the developers to have another year to really get back on track and make it a make it a very very exciting E3 once it returns. Mm-hmm. Um I'll be wondering if we're ever able going back to the old days where we have all the big game developers going into one single exhibition to show all the new stuff to the people because it seems like during the times of remote era and COVID, those game devs are starting to develop their own announcing program just like the Nintendo Direct, the Sony do their stuff and I think even Xbox do their stuff. So... Yeah, I'm hoping. I think that is dawn from the the lack of E3, but I certainly hope that E3 becomes like they save all their big and special announcements for the expo. I mean, because it's also kind of it's similar to like similar to the GDC, except it's more just announcing to the public and mm-hmm. everything. It's like, hey. Look at what we have to showcase. Come try out uh, the newest things because E3 has historically drawn so many people. It's really a lot of people's, like the public's first hands-on experiences with a lot of the new technology. So hopefully we'll get back in the future. Um, In other slightly more real-world and consequential uh, gaming moves. 
Uh, Wargaming.net has officially uh, their World of Tanks and uh, World of Warships. World of Warships. Uh, they have Warplanes? officially. I think they have three. Yeah. Uh, yes, and warplanes, but they are uh, officially closing and removing their uh, studios in both Russia and Belarus as part of a response to the ongoing conflict, uh, which is a big move for them to be leaving their leaving their home country's uh, state of thing in response to what's been going on. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're fully, they fully know that they're going to suffer some financial consequences and they expect to, but I, we will see what happens within the future with wargaming.net and how they operate for the future. Um, but it's a very bold, it's a very bold move and I think it'll, hopefully it'll be, it'll be good for them in the long run. I really, uh, wish the best for that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it'll... And they, they've also halted all their advertising as well, especially with the world of tanks and everything with what's been going on. We shall see. We shall see. In other news, uh, the Witcher, both The Witcher 4 and the next Tomb Raider have been announced uh, that they are in development in Unreal Engine 5, which, uh, as of today, uh, has its, uh, as today of this recording, which is April 5th, it enters its full release. So go, all developers out there, go give it a shout out and go give it a shot. Uh, Unreal Engine 5, you can fully play it now. Or not That's what you do with it. <laughs> yeah, you can play Unreal Engine 5 right now. Um, <laughs> free download. <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I can't. I cannot wait just to open this the sample project and then wait for another thirty minutes for it to compile all the shaders before I can actually <laughs> yeah. try something on it. It's gonna be exciting. It'll be it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. But uh I think that was like a big announcement for from C D Project Red to switch fully to Unreal Engine five. I think that was a, a really cool move. In a video announcement of them moving to that, they were talking about there was a demo of uh, medieval environments uh, showcased that even on a board had a sign that said "Monster Hunters Wanted," and one of the one of the creators and mm-hmm. developers was like, "Hmm, did you make this for us? Uh, did you make this demo <laughs> purely for us?" <laughs> uh, but it's it's going to be exciting. I think it'll look really great. Um. In other new announcements, too, we also have uh, Overwatch 2's new announcements uh, with um, a few leaks coming out before the open beta, which is PC only as of April 26th. Uh, You will be able to get your hands on Overwatch 2's beta. Uh, They've announced they're going to well, they haven't announced, but there's been leaks that have uh, said that they may have a guild system, potentially a battle pass, which is not unheard of for many mobile shooters and stuff like that. Um, we also have a new announcement saying that there may be a PvE boss fight mode, which feels a little bit like Overwatch's take on a Destiny raid, but we shall see. Um, 
that's exciting announcements for me. I loved Overwatch. I think Overwatch Two is going to be a nice big re- uh, a nice big future for. That sounds pretty exciting, but just let's hope they're not gonna take that burden of so-called Destiny Cure again. Because so so far, most of the game who take this burden doesn't end up too well. I I would rather them being just Overwatch two than another Destiny Cure. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yes, I don't think it's gonna be a Destiny Killer. I mean, the game mode itself was very PvP to begin with. So to me, it seems like Overwatch 2 is shaping up to be more of a live service game um, like Destiny or or um, uh, Rainbow Six. Like yeah. the new Rainbow Six is kind of a live service. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it's going to work out for them because Overwatch 2 feels more like a competitive game. Like, um, I don't want to say like Dota or League of Legends, but like it's more of a competitive shooter like uh, Counter Strike than it is like Destiny. Like Destiny has sort of an open world, and there's you know NPC enemies and you know waves of stuff, and you can fight them, and there's bosses and stuff. Overwatch's core felt more like a I don't mm-hmm. know, like a Team Fortress Two kind of thing. Like I don't know how well it's going to translate from one yeah, medium to the it's other. In- it's going to be an interesting uh i mean this is all just leaks and kind of speculation uh from all the info that we've heard and we won't really i'm going to definitely apply to see if we can get a little bit of hands on on that open beta for Overwatch 2 but that'll be exciting to see how mm-hmm. it actually plays out um because you're right i don't think they're going to it is much more of a yeah, it's it's much more of a competitive aspect than uh the like the live and just keeping it active and repetitive um uh, uh, like almost similar to mm-hmm. Fortnite but a little bit I mean a little more serious not quite as many uh <laughs> product placement ads uh as Fortnite seems to be having recently uh but I feel like it's going to be going a an exciting new way the li- like keeping it live i think is going to be mm-hmm. important because overwatch the original overwatch also had various updates and things that were required so it's going to be uh like updates and new game modes and special events it's not something that we haven't seen before but it'll be exciting to see what path they go through um especially given all of blizzard's uh woes over the past few years hopefully this turns out to be uh, a saving grace for the all the developers and the people who have worked on their game that have been innocent bystanders in the uh in <laughs> in the saga that has been the past few years that uh, whole disaster yeah. so yeah it'll be exciting but i think that's all the time we have for the news right now and we are going to throw it over to an interview with Mr. Sean Barber Crane. And here it is. All right, and welcome back to The Maid. We are here with our special guest, uh, one of our longest, longest running volunteers at The Maid, uh, and our dear ambassador to Oakland, uh, Mr. Sean Barber Crane. Sean, welcome onto the podcast. Hello, everybody. 
How you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good out here. So, so how long exactly have you been volunteering for the maid? Ooh, um, all together, 15 years now. Do you really want to put it on the dot and on the 15, month, 15 years? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's incredible. So you were, I mean, so you were there like kind of at the original sparks and ideas about how the maid was starting, correct? Very much so. Very much so. Noise Bridge in um, San Francisco. It was on the mission. It was a hacker space. And yeah, just came to me with an idea long ago and everything is just kind of written in stone now. Yeah, it's incredible. And for some of our new listeners, we're going to have another episode talking about uh, the big announcement that we just got back from a meeting about. Um, But that's some more exciting news. So what is some of your favorite memories of of working at The Maid and being a part of it for such a long time? I remember my very first GDC ever that I went to. I think it was 2007, I want to say. And I was in the Moscone South where the Microsoft booth used to be. And at the time it was Halo Reach was out and I was, you know, on my little break and doing my thing and this and that. And a shadowy figure just walks by just in a green blazer and some blue jeans and you know, white tea and had a, you know, mm-hmm. Corona in his hand. And he was just like, hey, kid, you good? The thing I turned around, thank you very much. Oh, my God, you're Paul Allen. You're the second richest man in the world. And he was just passing by Microsoft. And when Microsoft mm-hmm. was really big in the GDC in the beginning, you know, I just want to explain what um, GDC is, GDC, the difference between GDC and what E3. E3 is where the big boys of all the seven continents and five oceans of the world come to play. GDC is where all the little guys of all the seven continents and five oceans of the world where they come to play and mm-hmm. gather and whatnot. So just wanted to explain to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this will be my 13th year doing that. And it's just, I'm never bored. And it just gets better every year. There's never a time where it's like, yeah, yeah no, 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 never that, never. It, yeah, never. it's a, Mm-mm. GDC is really a great experience. Uh, if you, if, yeah, it, it's just so much fun. It's so awesome to get, like to the full extent of the word to see, like the beginnings of all these different games, what's the new breakthroughs going on in tech uh, involving all these games. It's a amazing, it's an amazing, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's an incredible experience. Like you said, um, do you have any like funny inside stories about like some of the, like the, the early location of the maid and some other places where we've been? Hmm, let me think. I remember when <laughs> shout out to Mr. Christopher Wolf. You know, I pray mm-hmm. that he doesn't, you know, kill me for where I'm about to commission to speak freely. But um, I remember when me and Wolf, when we were at the Powell Law Firm building on 16th Street, we used to um, both do security on the side as we were doing this and the cataloging at the time. But um, I remember when me and him used to sleep in the first classroom that we made and it was just in shifts and it was just, yeah. And ran to him at the same time when we were on the job too. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that was it for me. Yeah. That's a, that must've been great being able to experience just the, the guarding of all this precious, precious gaming history and just getting able to 
sleep with that and everything. If we had every, if we had every single name that has ever come through our door still with us, we would have like a citadel in the sky or something like the Matrix or something. Like, oh my God, so much talent and wisdom and knowledge and enlightenment and accumulation. Like, oh my goodness, like just yeah, yeah. And it's been. Thank God we're needed too. Thank God we're needed. Not yes. one. That's different. Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be really exciting once we uh, get the new space open and are able to start showing everything off to everybody again. Like, we'll definitely get some more, get some more exciting people like on the foot traffic side of things and create new memories in the future. Yeah. Um, man. So, as as the maids ambassador, do you want to tell us a little bit about your role in that and what you do, um, like what you do for the maid and how you help get the word out to everybody? Uh, just really any way I can through communication on the street, Gmails, computer, just really, you know, boisterous, I think the word I'm looking for. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, that's just me just be boisterous. And I've been that, like I said, 15 plus years and get to go back to the flyers and get new cards. I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. So, oh, man. Just very excited, mm-hmm. very blessed. I really also wanted to keep into everybody's mindset in the back of their you know mind and consideration. It's just like I said this from the beginning of this 500-pound gorilla that us and the rest of the world is fighting. You know, it's like, listen, everybody, we are too smart. We are too intelligent and too capable just to go away like that. Kind of like, you know, Winston mm-hmm. Churchill, just never give up kind of thing. You know, we will not flag. We will not fail. So, and now we got our second yeah. chance, and it's just like, sweet mother of God, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there is yeah, we, the resiliency of this museum is also something that's pretty amazing for everything that we've done and gone through over these past years, I mean even through the pandemic and everything else. Uh even before that. So, there's going to be even some... with me and Sherman Alex have agreed on. It's just like we all three came together and just said this is one this is too big for one individual. It really is though. It's like the Golden oh, State yeah. Warriors a real team, real unity like this is too big for one person. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of inner workings that uh, need to be done, like both logistically and uh, on the presentation side of like all of our exhibits and everything too. There is the the maid is the volunteers. There is no maid without any of these volunteers. So it's uh, it's really something that is kind of you know touches your heart a little bit. Just get to see everybody like putting in the work and caring about all of these, I mean, all these games, making sure they're playable for everybody. It's a really beautiful, uh, a really beautiful union of all these volunteers that care about uh, the maid's mission about preservation and passing along knowledge to future generations of game makers. We're also kind of one of a kind too. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're very one of a kind for like what we do in, especially personality wise for everybody else. There are places that like do a, a similar thing, but we are, we are definitely one of a kind in the sense of everything that we do. I just kind of always looked at it like, you know, the difference between places like the Emporium and high arcade and the pinball museum is like, we're like a sixth grade biology frog park that we want you to get in there. We want you to dissect it and feel it and touch it and realize it and play with it and see it for yourself. Kind of thing It's like very hands-on, very like, you know, get in there, learn. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Never no yeah, shyness get, away. No one's an outsider. And... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Get in there. Just get your hands on some of the history of, I mean, like we talked about when we were at GDC this past time, having people get their hands on an Atari for the first time and actually being able to play some games and see what it was like. Um, it's it's kind of an experience that you're, you don't really forget once you get your hands on it and like playing one of the biggest first release of consoles that you can get. Memorabilia is big. There's not many working Ataris anymore, so it's nice to have. I remember one year when we um we had a ColecoVision die on this. I went, oh man, dude, remember that one GDC? Yeah. Yep. It's it's a shame that some of that so many of these older consoles don't last quite as long as we'd like them to. But it's all about keeping the history and preserving everything that preserving everything that we can uh if we can find any spare parts and replacement parts uh and anybody who knows how to work on them we'd love to have that volunteer sense as well uh, you could even you could even understand that this is all just one big you know with us one big quote unquote game theory oh yeah this is absolutely it's absolutely game theory just trying to maximize the potential of everybody and everything that we can provide and the greatest experience that we can show for everybody else is the biggest thing that we want and i be, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fantastic new uh new chapter in the maids history going forward um this year is gonna be really exciting and we're gonna have lots more new announcements and things to get going so hey everybody heard me when i first came in as i thought i was just gonna play cards here Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I mean, I'm sure once everything gets set up, we will definitely have a few card nights and everything, you know, the physical games. Um, you know why I said that, though? Just looking back, I'm like, the times, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just getting everything together. It's going to be it's gonna be really incredible to see everybody together again. Uh, are there any... So going back to like some of the exhibits at the maid, are there any specific exhibits that were some of your favorites in past or anything like that? Mm. Any ones of note that you remember? I did appreciate our arcade booths, every single Neo Geo, every yeah, every single yeah. arcade game that ever. I, I I did I was kind of there, like, you know. I'm not gonna say it's junkie or anything like that, but I did spend excessive time at those arcade booths but we had all the neo geos we had every single arcade game that has ever been in this country and in other countries it's just like okay yes yeah it's a it's nice to actually get on and showcase it to other people and be able to play with everybody um especially with i mean that's part of the maid's mission as well is with all of the uh like emulation of certain games because you can't find these like old physical copies, but you can get the code and utilize them like we have on our arcade emulators. So you're able to play these old games in the same mode that they were showcased, uh, just with a lot with a lot larger catalog. So it's exciting to see. Yeah, it like it's exciting to see. I mean, like the Neo Geo exhibit, just having every single Neo Geo game uh, together on one system, and then you can explore all of those is really cool and really interesting. I mean, of course, it does it doesn't have the same the same thing as like the like the cabinet art or anything for those, but 
that's another thing why we have like some some special limited edition versions of games behind. Yeah, the manuals labs. for the King of Fighters, the original ones with the whole joystick. Like we have the original King of Fighter manuals, the ones where they were in, you know, plastic and yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any uh, out of the other consoles? Is there a favorite one that you spent the most time with? Ooh, I will say the 360. Surprisingly enough, especially with that Alien versus Predator game, oh god, yeah. Surprisingly enough, 360. Oh yeah, 360 is still pretty incredible. I remember, uh, I still remember actually like having the Intellivision in the corner and being able to play that too. I thought I always thought the Intellivision was such a unique system to go. They had like. I mean, just like having those little inserts that you place over the number pad, uh, essentially creating your controller, uh, creating the different moves. I thought that was like yeah. a really interesting way to do that. I was always wondering, like seeing pictures of it, I always wondered how it was going to be like showcased. Wait, it's like, do you really just press the number in the direction? Is that the, but they just have an overlay that you're allowed to see it. But the 360 was really have the 360 exhibit was always super nice i mean it's nice to see the middle ground of like the history area i loved i, I was much more of a ps3 era uh ps3 gamer at that period in time but you have no idea how many red rings of death i got oh, oh my god on my 360 <laughs> playing call of duty modern warfare 2 Oh, yeah. Back in the day, there used to be a card store on Piedmont Ave. There was Dr. Comics Missing Games, which is still there. But there was also a place called Collector's Corner, which was more, you know, they did cards and Ultra Pro and, you know, Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! But they also did hobby stuff, like, you know, baseball and what well, mm -hmm. real hobby store. But they used to have a small, I forgot what the company was called, but they used to have a small little company there that for $60, they would repair your 360 if it had a red ring. And they did a pretty good job, too. You know, because remember with Sony, it's like you got to go customer service USA, customer service Europe, customer service Japan. Mm -hmm. It's just like, ooh, yeah. It's like that took time, but like that red ring was just like, you know, Microsoft was back in the day, you know, before they mm -hmm. had GitHub and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. But the red ring was like, oh, that was serious. You know, they had to do something with that. Yeah, there's the, like there's definitely a few times where I remember having change out a couple 360s because they had the Red Rings of Death at the museum as well. That was always a always a lingering issue that needed to be addressed, but you know, it ended up being mostly fine. Most of the time it was mostly fine. Uh I hear that. Yeah, is there any like uh so is with the museum and with going for like almost 15 years now, just still kind of staying strong. And uh, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to uh, forward to see back at the museum? Recreating in a community. I fully agree with that. Do you want like, do you want to? Recreating, reinventing, rejuvenating, resurrection. is like, we got to get, like the Thanos snap, you know, we got to get all our people back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be nice. And I believe uh, it's going to be exciting getting the, like you said, it's going to be exciting building that community. It's going to be really cool getting everybody involved and uh, have them come check out what the maid has to offer. Is, are there any other like exciting like outward events that you're looking forward to with the maid? I know we've done like the outreach events uh, and like little Saigon and stuff. Magfest, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Magfest, yeah. that's easy. Magfest is going to be. It's like it's like like. like... 
Yeah, I was like, just going to that and having that in my head, still having the baddies at my MAGFest. That's mm-hmm. easy. It's no contest. Yeah, MAGFest mm-hmm. is going to be another one. Can you Do you want to tell, like, explain to the people what MAGFest is if they are unaware? Ooh, I don't have a good definition, but I have a scenario, though. Um, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles win Shredder's headquarters was that fun house that had all kind of things going on, blah, blah, blah. That's what MAGFest is to me. Mm-hmm. Like one just gigantic, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, fun house. Technological fun house. Yeah. For for MAGFest stands for uh, the Music and Gaming Festival. Uh, originally the Mid-Atlantic gaming, but it's it's a really exciting event. I look, to, I look forward to one day attending it as well. Uh, I have yet to go, but I've... You would have never thought they started in Baltimore, though. You would have never thought that. No. It's, I mean, well, they also have the Mag West up in Portland and Seattle, which kind of like takes inspiration from it as well. It's, it's an, it's a very incredible experience. Uh, Just a whole conglomeration of everybody attending a festival to celebrate. Uh, Oh, I remember I did get to go to Mag, uh, Mag Fest uh, one year. Uh, That way they had it down in San Francisco. It was uh down by the shipping docks uh there was like a warehouse where they had everything set up that was that was very fun uh but get to check out all these new like in indie developers showcasing their music for all these games you get to check out some bigger companies showcasing just their new ideas and everything else it's a it's a really cool showcase to see all the new innovative ideas that everybody else has been having um yeah, it's going to be so much fun to see everybody back again and get together with the same thing. Kind of, kind of, yep. is. Kind of is. I was in the first song, the first MacFest I went to was in Santa Clara at the Hyatt. Never forget that. It's the other brochure. Yeah, it's like, it's an, it's an incredible experience that you will see uh, that everybody, all of you listeners will hopefully get to see very soon. For... Yeah, man, just like I said, just, you know, like what Ari Gold said in um, Entourage, you know, I'm just a passenger, lucky to have a seat, nothing more. Yeah. It's a. Uh... I never considered this work a day in my life, ever. Like, this is not work. Like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't feel like it's, definitely doesn't feel like work is when you have as much uh, love and experience with it. Uh, it's also just such a unique environment and a unique place to, like, witness gaming history uh just er- the group of people everybody involved is also an in- a really incredible person um i mean at the meeting today we had numerous old people that i remember talking to before some of the the, the big oh, names have been helping out oh uh, god we have a lot to look forward to in this coming year uh it's gonna be it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot more news and updates coming to coming to you in future episodes as well. So here's looking forward. Mm-hmm. I guess what's just cool for me is just like, even with all these old new faces, that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, continuity is just like when he started, I was there. When this person started, I was there. Like, and just seeing them all just like, and I'm still here after all of that is just like, continuity at his finest is like you know it's like even with the pictures even shannon so you're too many pictures i'm like dude 
<laughs> like, yeah, just being there for all that. Yeah, it's it's really it's really incredible to see what we got going on. Uh, but there will be more on this new announcement on in the next episode and in future episodes. But I think that's about all the time we have for this interview. Sean, thank you very much for talking with us. Thank you, bro. Uh, and we will definitely see you on see you on the floor at the museum very soon. And ladies and gentlemen, never grow up. Never grow up. Never grow up. Alrighty. Well, thanks again, Sean. We will talk to you again. Thanks, man. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. And we're back. Thank you again, Sean, for doing this interview. We're really excited for the future. We're going to have a couple big announcements uh, coming up on next week's episode, hopefully, um, for the future of The Maid and what it means for us in, the, in this podcast and everything else. It's going to be very exciting talking about the future of The Maid um, as well. I mean, it was great talking with Sean about, the, about all the, every bit of history uh, in the starting of The Maid and mm-hmm. what we've been doing thus far. But in closing now, what have what has everybody been playing? Have you been have you been building more spaceships, Miles? Uh, I'm still doing that. Uh, I'm splitting my time fairly evenly between Elden Ring and spaceship building. Uh, my two loves: yes. being mad at myself and being bad at making space. It's okay. Uh, Elden Ring <laughs> is a great game. I, I've I've been playing that too. I haven't been playing it uh, recently. I've had a busy past week, but. I'm mm-hmm. excited to get back into it as well. How far have you gotten in yeah. Elden Ring? Oh, um, I just which area finished. Are you... <laughs> I I don't know if I've finished any area, but uh, I've just wrapped up sort of the main storyline in Laernia. Okay. Um, yes. I've moved over back to the hellscape that is Kaled. Um Yes. I have yet to and fully touch Caleb because everything, everything is it's, mad. It's at me not over a pleasant there. place to be. No, uh, everything is mad at me over there. I'm. Yep. I've. I. I also recently beat Liernia and then the Carrion uh, Castle to the north. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to move along to the Atlas Plateau and then going from there. I've also. I've found some like underground areas, but then I realized that like every time I go to a new area, the map just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm still just amazed at how large this open world map really is. Mm-hmm. I am. And I, and then you realize that the entire map has a underground for the entire place. The entire mm-hmm. underground is like the same size as the large map. And there is so much to this game. It's been so incredible. It's We're going to be talking about this game for a long time. Um, yeah, it's like the cyberpunk thing. I, we got to just... keep it. <laughs> it's like cyberpunk, but with a slightly more successful launch. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Slightly more successful. It's definitely helped take my attention away from cyberpunk. Although I did like it. I would, I don't know. I had the same syndrome with No Man's Sky at launch too. I was like, I love this game. It's great. It's very esoteric. Um, it's a little like Star Trek in that there's not a lot of story and you just read about the history. Um, <laughs> read about the history of this universe and all these worlds by revealing one word at a time of these in ancient languages of four different languages. But mm-hmm. Elden Ring is going to be with us for quite a long time. Um, have you been playing anything exciting, Chun? I didn't do anything new other than opening more trap cards in all my fields. So. Well, that sounds like very exciting in and of itself as well. Yeah, it's... It's very exciting until you, your opponents have an answer then. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting then until the fun, enemies figure yeah, then, thing out. Yeah, then the fun or just all in a sudden switch to your opponents and yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good luck to you and all of the trap openings. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well. I think that's just about all the time we have for today's episode. We want to thank everybody for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at We'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our patron supporters who keep the Maid afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming services, and we continue that with future episodes. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Brandy and Rob Walker. Thank you so much for your support. Till next time, I'm Miles. I'm Chen. And I'm Red. Thanks, and we will see you next week. Later, gamers. <laughs>